200 Tango on a giant screen with a few colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading it's about. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. We're delighted to have you with us. They're driving theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. He's pleased to bring you our Fifi feature presentation. Station. What's up, kids? It is Monday night. It is 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. We just had events. Subscribe again on Twitch. Thank you for the sub. You are tuned into the Drive-In Speaker Box live. Uh, I'm your host, Bo, the Boom Operator. I am Slick Doggy the Grip. And we've got another show for you tonight. We're going to be talking about movies like we always do. This is what we do here on the show. Thanks for joining mm-hmm. us. If you are downloading or listening to the audio version of this podcast, wherever you get podcasts, wherever you download them and take them to go or stream or whatever it is you do, you can join us live. When we record this, you could be a part of this chat. You can sub. You can emote. You can do. You could just be a part of the community, and you can just do that over here on our Facebook, our Twitch, or our YouTube streams. We do this every week, eight o'clock Central Standard Time. Uh, Twitch is a lot of fun. If you guys are on Twitch, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's the one that's the most interactive. So. Uh, check it out. Shoutouts to McLean already up in the uh, YouTube chat. Vince over in the Twitch chat. Uh, I see some people already tuned in over on the Facebook. Uh, so thanks for joining us. Um, we, also, what? we also have that Discord if you want to talk to us outside of th- these times. Sometime we got to set up playing this pressure washing game with... Uh, with Vince too that he told us about. Yeah, I downloaded it. Um, I did too. It's it, it, the first level is very satisfying. The second level is incredibly stressful. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. It is tough. Um, but uh, Tony, shoutouts over on YouTube. What up? Uh, yes, Facebook is still a thing. Uh, a lot of people still still tuning in over on Facebook. In fact, right now, most of the people watching this sh- uh, live stream right now are on Facebook, believe it or not. So anyway, um, there you go. Uh, we've got some movies. If you didn't catch the title here, we're going to be talking about two films that we saw. Uh, we caught uh, Lal Singh Chada in theaters this week. Together, we were the Look only... P- you, guy. We were the only two dudes um, watching this Bali this three-hour Bollywood remake of Forrest Gump. Uh, we're going to be talking about that later in the program. And then I caught uh, the new Netflix film Day Shift, which you may have seen uh, a lot of trailers and stuff for. Jamie Foxx, uh, Snoop Dogg. Remember when he was Snoop Lion? Um, he, yeah, and then everyone hated it, so he goes, oh, it's just for this one reggae album. Yeah, it was... It was yeah. I, it always reminded me of like Food Lion, though that that you know the the grocery store that got in a lot of trouble in like the the late '90s, early 2000s for I think like there was like some hidden cam. But I, I was a kid; I don't I don't remember. But I remember Food Lion being in trouble, and uh, maybe one of the viewers out there can can Google that and be like, "Oh, Food Lion was putting their peepees in the lettuce and you know whatever it is <laughs> that places." Why would do. that be the first thing that comes to your mind, man? I don't well, fast food. You know, there's always something going on in the lettuce it's just uh it's just not good um anyway vince asked have you guys seen i love my dad he caught it today i've not seen that that is on my list of things i want to check it out um that was something we had talked about coming up on uh, a previous show in it mm-hmm. have not had a chance to check that out though uh i mean my time is getting is getting shorter and shorter as we get closer and closer to october uh so uh sitting around watching movies is getting is getting more and more difficult but i'm still doing it i'm still doing it for you guys i finished the sandman on netflix i might touch on that a little bit later in the show as well uh give you my thoughts on that but let's dive into the news because that's what we do at the beginning of the show um any big headlines uh standing out to you uh there jake uh big ones well uh first since we are reviewing a bollywood movie today is uh indian independence day and yesterday was Pakistan Independence Day. And the movie that we watched has characters from both of those places. So that's kind of fun. Uh, one thing that was uh, in the news is, uh, well, I guess a couple things. Like old news is now coming out as new news because it's now fresh uh, available information. And that is that uh, the reason that Black Adam was not mentioned or brought up or appeared in Shazam as originally intended is because The Rock um, put the weight of The Rock on things and said, I don't think that Black I Adam should, a secret. 
should be in Shazam uh, because the the original script had both of them having their origin stories, and The Rock was Wait, like in Shazam. In no, Shazam, yeah, no, no, no. I yeah. agree with I agree with The Rock. I'm taking The Rock on this. It one. doesn't matter because they decided to do two origin stories in Shazam. Anyhow, they had Billy Batson by himself solo solo Shazam, and then they had all of the kids becoming their own version of uh, the hero. Uh, they didn't quite have all the kids where they combine into the one Shazam, but they still did the two different origins. In uh, movies these days, everyone's a winner. But how about that? Yeah, The Rock is uh, powerful enough to sway Warner Brothers and DC Comics. Didn't we all know that already. Yeah, and then uh, Bryce Dallas Howard uh, talked about how for Jurassic World 2 and 3, uh, they did not want to give her hardly any money at all compared to her co-workers. Uh, but Chris Pratt to the rescue, and he made sure that she was able to get more dollar bills. So she said Chris Pratt is a pretty cool dude. Yeah, that's, that seems to be the consensus. Ignore the part where he where he's a, left his wife and children and cheated on her and did terrible things. Does all kinds of Bible yeah. thumping and things like that. Stuff um, like that. But other than that. Yeah. Know, pretty cool dude, so they say. Um, yeah, he helped he, producer, actress, actor, director Bryce Dallas Howard get more dollars on a crappy movie. It's, it's, it's interesting how the finance of movies kind of shakes down and... You know the the thing about getting paid on a movie set, it's more it, it's it's a very de- delicate subject because it's it, it's always unfair. Everything is on. Un- if you want to break down the pay structure of a movie, it's all unfair. It's not like well, Bryce Dallas Howard didn't get as much money as Chris Pratt, and it's like well, you know, there's probably slave labor that was also on Jurassic World. How about we talk about that? And I'm sorry that <coughs> Bryce Dallas Howard didn't didn't get seventy billion dollars. She only got sixty billion dollars yeah. or whatever. Well, but you know, there there are people on the PA team and the craft services team where they have like an AD that goes, you know. Budgets are kind of slow. You're going to have to work for only $200 a day this week. And they're like, oh, but please, sir, I know this movie's going to make billions. And they go, well, fuck off. And you want to work in movies, kid? You're going to have to lift these sandbags for no money. It's good experience. And then I, I don't have any sympathy when I hear um, actors and actresses and producers like arguing about who made more because... One well, part of it's who's going to be the biggest draw, you know? It's like if you're going to put... Tom Hanks or, or Tom Cruise or, um, you know, someone like Chris Pratt in the movie that or Schwarzenegger or something like that. Those are the people that are like, I well, watch and it, that movie. a lot of it's negotiation and, and you know, it, it, people are going, well, you know, I'm just not going to be in this movie if you don't pay me this much. And they go, well, shit, we have to have this person. Mm-hmm. And then they give in or, or their agents are negotiating all these things. You know, and, you know, I know I've negotiated on film sets for my rate. You know, sound is a very important department in, on films. And you're just like, you know, they, they, they're constantly, films are always trying to squeeze every nickel out of you. And if you don't ask for it, they're not going to give it to you, you know. And uh, I, I've been on movies where I'm just like, okay, look, this is my this is my day rate. Anything less than this, I'm not doing this movie. You can find somebody else. And they're like, but don't you want to be a part of this film? And I'm like not that bad and they're like okay well hang on we'll get back and then guess what they get back to me and they the the i made my rate and um you know that's 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 how this business works and it's kind of a disgusting side of this business but um yeah dina says they had to sign for three films at the beginning and he had just done guardians that's what i'm saying you you take someone who's uh in more leading roles that have attracted more eyeballs and things like that and people know the name more so than like the girl that was Gwen Stacy in part of one movie, you know, or or whatever. It's like, yeah, people know Chris Pratt because people watched um, uh, 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 Parks and Rec and then Guardians and of the Guardians. Galaxy and all that stuff. Yeah, so he well, has more and and it's a clout. It's a lot like you know, and some of these deals, like when you're signing on a multi-picture deals, and then something you know, you don't go to. To, to, to eBay or a, a, a yard sale and you go, you know, uh, hey, Jake, I'm going to sell you this DVD copy of Pinocchio starring Polly Shore for 99 cents. And then you go, okay, well, here's my 99 cents. And then all of a sudden, Score. like, Polly Shore wins a Nobel Prize or something. And that's that's all of a sudden worth, like, $1,000. And I go, no, 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 no. I want my money. Give me this back. 
and you go, well, sorry, dude, that was the deal. And and I feel like some of these deals in Hollywood, when like a movie starts to get really, really big and makes a lot of money, no one wants to share in the failure of like, well, you know, uh, this movie lost, uh, you know, this $70 million. Uh, hey, Chris Pratt, can we have some of that money back? And he's like, eat a dick. And then, you know, but if it makes a billion dollars, they go, well, I get, I need to get paid more. And it's, you know, I see both sides of the argument, but, but also, yeah, I don't have a lot of sympathy for just people that are already millionaires. I'm sorry. I, I just don't. Like, I don't care your your race ethnicity gender whatever you know if you're an alien a what whatever if you're a millionaire shut up (laughs) (laughs) or or have a better contract or a better agent (coughs) you know get get them on the next one um millionaire person like geez well talking about people to feel sorry for too uh it was in the news that sashin Littlefeather got an apology from the academy uh she is a native american woman who went on the 73 oscars and accepted brando's or was to accept brando's oscar form uh but like declined it at his behest or something like that and then gave a speech about how natives were treated in hollywood and on film uh and the audience full of all of these famous people that people are like, that's my guy. I know those people. Uh, booed her and, and hissed and, and ran her off stage and killed her career in Hollywood. Uh, but the Academy, uh, I guess getting ahead of the game before someone remembers about this kind of thing and points it out like, hey, it's cool that you're starting to give more people of color uh, nominations and awards and things. What about this, though? So they're getting ahead of it, and they're like, hey, guess what? Remember uh, 50 years ago? Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry about that. The Academy but- Award remembers. When you don't think about how the Academy's uh, twisted and probably a little bit evil, I mean, that's kind of cool that they're actually doing it. Twisted and evil. Talking twisted and evil, too. It's more crusty white person than man. Twisted (laughs) and evil. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The Academy, for sure. Uh, But talking about that, October releases. I've I've got another one. Hang on. Uh Uh-oh. You want this, don't you? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. the Oscar uh, yeah. lightsaber. Come on, Star Wars. Right, anyway, <laughs> yeah, he had it. He had it right the, here. Yeah, you want this, don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, but Del Toro's new uh, Netflix release, Cabinet of Curiosities, got its trailer, and it, it will be coming out in October uh, to be spooky things and weird yeah, stuff like he likes things to do are already starting to come monster out. things they're already yeah. it's 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 they're creeping in the shadows and uh you know we've got a lot i mean spooky season come on let's be real spooky season is getting more and more acceptable to celebrate all year round and i'm here for this as a as a as a, as a firm believer of spooky season um spooky i mean season. i'm wearing my nightmare on block street shirt check it out um, Shameless is, self-promotion is coming soon, baby. Uh, yeah, spooky season's here. I mean, you know, uh, Day Shift. You know, a, a movie about mm-hmm. vampires. There's another vampire movie coming out, not this weekend, but the next, The Invitation. That's coming out pretty soon. Um, you know, there was another Saw uh, movie announced that's going to be coming out in yes. 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not a big Saw fan, but you know, um, I'm I'm here for spooky season. Uh, we gotta we gotta get you into the spooky season. We get me into the spooky season. We gotta get you not so scared of things. You know, we gotta get you brave. I'm pretty brave, bro. Not in the face of horror movies. I watch horror movies. I watched. Um, I watched Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah. I watch Scooby Doo meets Kiss. Exactly. Exactly. I'll watch the. Uh, Scooby-Doo, uh, the hour-long episodes where they hang out with Phyllis Diller and the uh, Globetrotters. And Vincent Price. Yeah, Is there a Vincent Price episode? They, well, I think I thought the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, like Vincent oh. Price was a character in that. Uh, I've watched Edward Scissorhands talking about Vincent Price. Then. Oh, Vince. Hey, man, that is a good sub-goal, getting you, Jake, to watch Bone Tomahawk. Is it super freaky-deaky? Like, it's got Kurt Russell in it. It does have Kurt Russell with a big old mustache. It's got Kurt Russell yeah. in it. So, uh, and Tony Todd. Uh, I yeah. like Tony Todd. I've met him in person. Yeah, dude. He's a very nice man. I think we should... I should uh, next week, I'm going to have that, that Twitch sub-goal uh, put up there to... 
to get well and it's just going to be a reaction video uh we're just going to live stream you can't see the movie because i don't want we don't want to get in trouble or whatever but it's just going to be jake like in a chair uh like going dude don't turn the lights off man yeah like, hey <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's no lights off yeah it's not happening oh man is it creepy i'm, I'm not gonna tell you i feel like it's creepy it's i've heard movie. that it's it's like gory creepy it's i don't like gore movies good, you know it's that it's a good movie I'll watch, like, goofy horror, and I'll watch, like, uh, body horror stuff, you know. I just don't like jump scare stuff. It's true. All right. Uh, yeah, Velvet Santa says, Jake, you should watch Audition. Uh, I'm <laughs> it's, it's Japanese. You know says. what? When I was a kid, actually, I used to watch horror all the time, and uh, when I was really young, my mom would read horror stories to me to put me to bed. Like, that's what I was into. I had all of those scary stories to tell in the dark before they became a Del Toro Netflix thing. That's what I used to get at the book fair, and I was so stoked on them. Uh, I'd read the Goosebumps, and um, I would watch all of the creepy movies. That was, like, what I was... Maybe it's, into. Gonna be, maybe it's gonna be one of those things where when you revisit it, it becomes your favorite thing. No, after no I don't being think so. so. Scared no, I'm so not scared. Uh, actually, I used to watch a lot of Japanese horror movies before uh, they started getting remade into and getting scarier. White people, Hollywood films, and all that stuff. You know. Yeah, they're not as good now. Uh, but anyway, uh, what else in the news? Uh, more Ezra Miller. You know the guy, Ezra Miller, the mm-hmm. trouble guy. Um, he is uh, uh, just digging himself a big old hole, but they are still going forward with this Flash thing. It's uh, it's too big to to not do it, man. You know, you can't. They got it. They're just going to go for it. There was a pretty good meme. It was like uh, Marvel characters at the hospital. It had Tom Holland and, and Chris Evans just hanging out with kids, being awesome superheroes. It said DC, and it had a picture of uh, uh, Team Rocket from... Pokemon and they go get ready for trouble make it double and it was Ezra, <laughs> Ezra Miller, Miller and uh, Amber Heard oh my god yeah I mean it's true they are the truly the rogues gallery and uh, I think that you know th- 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 everybody's like well what are they gonna do how are they gonna trail it's like there's a hundred flashes haven't you watched the shitty CW show there's like Kid Flash and Inverse Flash and Billy Flash and Donnie Flash and what? Ray Ray Flash and like all these flashes and yeah dude it's like a trailer park family full of flashes and every time he's like I miss my dad and then he like goes back in time and he goes I also miss my mom and then it's like a whole nother flash and then what are you talking talk about flash and every day like some flash have like dumb wings on his helmet and some flash oh hey there's no need to attack Jay Garrick Jay Garrick is the coolest flash I'm just saying they don't have to stick to Ezra Miller. They could just be like, "Well, oh, the Speed Force is now I'm a different Flash and wheelchair Flash." That's We're true. Gonna, yeah. It's what if they get rid of Barry Allen? They bring in Wally West. They make things right. They can do the right thing, and they can make an adult Wally West and cast Neil Patrick Harris. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it could be done, and it could be done easily. We could give Ezra Miller the boot real fast. Um. But yeah, Dina said they were doing reshoots uh, in between crime sprees. So yeah, in on on brand. Um, but yeah, what if anyway. it turns out Ezra Miller is Reverse Flash? That would be a twist. I mean, in real life, he is uh, the he is the Reverse Flash. Um, yeah. Anyway, Ezra Miller always fun keeping up with what the hell he is doing. Uh, Universal Studios reported this week that they are the first studio to gross over three billion dollars in a calendar year since 2019, since the return of the pandemic. And you would have thought it would have been Disney. Thanks, um, minions. But yeah, it is. It is Universal just um, just crushing things because you know. Uh, Jurassic World was Universal, and then of course um, Minions is Universal, and they are just, uh, yeah, dude, they are they are just kicking butt right now. They're they're actually and uh, uh, Black Phone, which did really well for them, also, and Nope, also Universal. They're just boom, boom, boom. People forget that there are other studios out there that's not that they're not Disney, but um, they're they're re-releasing a 40th anniversary of E.T. I'm wondering if they're going to do the shotgun version or the walkie-talkie version. Mm. That is always a big, big contingency for me on which version I'm watching. Um, but they are proving that theaters are still relevant post-pandemic. 
the, the magic of the theater is still important and that you can still make money in a theatrical release despite what all the naysayers say about streaming's the new world order well it's and, funny that you're saying that because universal is real big on all their peacock nonsense oh yeah which uh the continental the john wick prequel miniseries this i can't get behind that. has been moved from stars to peacock now why do we need TV show connecting garbage? It's you know it's gonna be bad. Like the third John Wick was already a wet noodle. Like the fourth one's just gonna be even more John Week. It's just John Week. That's what I'm gonna call this thing. You know, and I like John. I loved the first movie. I was one of the people that saw it in the theaters when everybody's like, I've never heard of this. Is this a book? Uh. And then I'm like, no, that was a really good action movie. And then I was like, <laughs> I've never heard of it. Keanu Reeves, what? And I don't, and, yeah, you somehow convinced me to watch it like right after it hit home video. Because I was like, no, dude, I heard the dog gets hurt in that. And you somehow convinced me to get past the part where the dog gets hurt. And then it turns out it's really cool. Yep. And then all of a sudden it becomes this culture. You know, I did the same thing with Reservoir Dogs. You remember Reservoir Dogs? That was like a cult famous movie that got like dorm room famous. And the interesting thing about Reservoir Dogs is I was working in a video store at the time. And so was my buddy. We were working at competing video stores. He was working at Blockbuster. I was working at Hastings. And um, shout out to my Hastings crew out there. Anybody uh, in the Hastings parking lot, what up? Um, Anyway... Uh, Reservoir Dogs was a direct-to-DVD kind of experiment that the that it was exclusive to Blockbuster and only Bl- like Legionnaire. I don't know if you remember when they did that. It was like we're going to release this on DVD in rental stores at the same time as theaters. But this was Jean Claude Van Damme movie. No one gave a shit. Whoa, uh, what Legionnaire is rad. Well, no one thought so when it came out. And uh, anyway, Reservoir Dogs was ex- ex- exclusive to Blockbuster and. Every, every blockbuster got like, you know, eight copies. So it wasn't like a big new release wall thing. And everyone's like, I've never heard of this. And what's good guy came up and he's like, hey, man, what's on this new release wall, man? What's good? And I'm like, Reservoir Dogs. The Legion I, I was British people, man. I don't know. Now. Is that a guy from Monty Python? No, dude. I don't, I don't, I don't mess with that stuff, dude. Saturday Night Live or bust. And uh, anyway, it turns out it was a, it was a, became a cult classic like 10 years after the fact. And. Huh. It's funny you say SNL because Velvet Santa says that every time we talk about Continental, they think of Christopher Walken, oh, the one where the cameraman's wearing so like good. the glove and he's like super no, creepy. No, hey, wait, you can't go yet. Let me pour you a drink. Maybe yeah. here, here, stop. <coughs> Have this. Sit down. Yeah, he's just super know. creepy. Oh yeah, yeah. Good take skit. your take your pants off. Um, I, I do a terrible it, Christopher Walken. I don't think it ever got that far. No, it's it's very skeezy. Yeah, it's um, super skeezy. But uh, Dina also said that HBO is laying people off. Yeah, thanks Ezra Miller and Amber Heard. You are ruining other people's uh, livelihoods by being terrible people. So uh, stop, please. Don't do that. Um, Vince uh, brought up something that we we're going to talk about uh, later in the show. We'll just go ahead and dive into this because it's kind of sad. You know, he says we normally do RIPs. Which uh, this week, Anne Heche, um, uh, we'll just go ahead and go into this. At age 53, um, Anne Heche uh, tragically dying. And, and this is kind of one of the weird the, the, the things that I, I, it, it, I'm not quite sure how I want to report on this because there are still stories unfolding. There are video clips. I don't know if you've watched any of the video. It's like, it's rough. Um, they're talking about that there there were drugs in her system. She was driving way too fast, crashing into this this uh, uh, house. And uh, but yeah, as Vince summed it up, it says her story was day one. She's been in a bad accident. Day two, bring on felony charges because she was on drugs. And day three, oops, she's off life support. And um, so now everybody's just kind of like, oh, what do we do? Do we celebrate this life? Do we do we talk about it? I mean, Anne Hayes had done some really awesome projects like. Um, and I think Six Days and Seven Nights. I love that movie. Do you really? I do. It's Harrison Ford being Harrison Ford. Yes. With his earring. Yes. <laughs> it's so and he crashes a plane, which is the most Harrison Ford thing to do. And then uh, he's, yes. And then he's grumpy about it. 
dude, like, how do you not like Six Days, Seven Nights? Because it's stupid. No, and it had, like, Adam Schwimmer being, like, the biggest wiener simp, like, ever, uh, which he's so good. I haven't watched that movie since uh, it was brand new, It's dude. good. Like, okay, because hear me out. There is something I have, I I hate romantic comedies, like, just as a, as a default, but... Except for Fool's Gold. And Six Days, Seven Nights, because there is something fun about, like, a tropical adventure a la, like, Romancing <laughs> the Stone. Because Romancing the Stone, a great romantic comedy. Is it really um, a romantic comedy? It's 100. They're they're married. They're rom- it's romances in the title. But it's an action movie. No, it is a romance. It's a- it is a romantic action comedy, which Six Days, Seven Nights also is. Action adventure jungle movie. Vince, you shut your mouth or shut your keyboard or whatever it is. He says, I literally. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Not one person no has one ever. Like that. I, I imagine on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like uh, 1%. I kind of like it. There's just something innocent and fun and escapey that doesn't have to have Matthew McConaughey in it. Like, oh, dude, but think about this: Matthew McConaughey's in Fool's Gold and Failure to Launch, and both of those movies are great. And Sahara, like yes, Sahara's not a romantic comedy, but Sahara's badass. Enough. There's, what, there's who's, a love interest. Who's, <laughs> who? Steve's on. I will. Hey. We're not going to talk about the sultry undertones of the relationship between McConaughey and Steve Zahn in Sahara. Uh, Sahara is a badass movie. I'm not going to say Six Days, Seven Nights is a badass movie. It's a good movie. And never quote Rotten Tomatoes to me, by the way, because Rotten Tomatoes is an absolute awful yeah, it's way. It's junk. We both know. But you know what I'm saying? Like, n- n- never tell me the odds, kid. Because Rotten Tomatoes, like, we got we got people on, on, in in the in the chat, people on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. Those aggregate scores. Most of those people have never even watched the movie. They piggyback on stuff. It's terrible reviews written by terrible humans that don't know anything about movies. They just they go, "Hey, man, my friend." said that this was dumb and I ain't even gonna watch it so one star dude or you know they'll go to a theater and the air conditioning <laughs> wasn't on they'll, they'll go see like chariots of fire and the air conditioner was off and they go man one star dude it was hot in this theater dude Hold on. got a 89% on AOL movie board that's what I'm talking about so the people that use AOL are like well this is a good movie throw me another yeah. disc my Ding! subscriptions you got truth yeah. and yeah, um, right. see you know and over time these things these shift like that's why we don't give scores on the drive-in speaker boxes because this is uh, reviewing films and discussing films is is an ever evolving uh, subjective process you know uh, when you just quantify something to a rating system you can't <laughs> like, do that Vince had to use the Wayback Machine <laughs> to find that AOL score. That's a very quick. You did that very quickly, hopping on way back and finding that information, like what date it came out and where it was posted. And, and Vince says fifty-one at Metacritic. Fifty-one's a good score on Metacritic. I'm just saying, if you want to go take aggregate scores of good movies on Metacritic or financially successful movies or movies that Dingalings like, uh, Met. Oh, he said he was. It was a joke about the Metacritic. Yeah, I saw that. Damn. Well, I thought he was just internet super sleuth. Maybe. Well, I'm gonna. It's a 51 in my Metacritic. So there you go. Dina says it's basically a remake of African Queen, which is a great movie. So give it a fair shake. There you go. See, Dina's on board. It's fun escapism, and and especially when you. I, I actually watched about five months ago. I like I've, I've revisited this movie. <laughs> you just pull it um, off your shelf and and, and like, <laughs> no, I was gonna make the dust joke, but it's not. You just it's watch it so dusty. often. All the rest of them are dusty, but it's the one that's not because it's just like your six month I mean, routine. There's it's coming up. Time to watch it again. There's like it's like the beach, but with a romance. You know, there's like bad guys with guns. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure like a young like a Danny Trejo is in this movie for like two seconds. Um, he's just like a guy with a gun, which he is in most movies. But uh, you know, there's bad guys. There's there's planes crashing. There's stranded desert islands. There's like all that fun stuff. Stuff. And and then you got you got Harrison Ford with an earring being a crotchety curmudgeon that's like you know getting no act, ladies no acting required just when, just Harrison Ford things when does he ever have to act 
That's true. I mean, he just shows up. And everyone's like, nailed yeah, it. world's sexiest man. Yeah. Harrison, um, can we get another take on that? And he's already walking away. Yeah. Oh, the Metacritic was real. Okay, correction. Thank you, Vince. Metacritic was real. Boom. There we go. Anyway, Anne Heche is dead. So uh, <laughs> there we go. Um, way to end, that. End, end of that segment there. Um, she's been in a lot of cool stuff. Uh, it's it's always tragic when when someone um, you know we don't know what was in her life and troubling her to put her into that situation. So you know fame and stardom and celebrity is a very dangerous thing. I think people don't give uh, enough credit where credit is due to all the pressure that celebrities have to deal with in their day to day lives. Uh, and uh, you know it's easy to make jokes and that's what we do here. But um, but at the end of the day, it is a sad thing. So there's our there's our our heartwarming disclaimer that that pour, hey, pour one out for the up-and-comers pour one out for those up-and-comers well, who's going to be the new Anne i don't know what does ellen say, say about this um we gotta get jaw yeah, i was about to say what does jaw say <laughs> anyway uh what else going on in as a news do you have anything else um i'm going through my stuff and I'm um not... there's been a lot of one piece red spoilers making it online and I keep looking up where to find and watch One Piece Red, and it's not in the places that it says it is. So, if uh, if you, any of you know where to watch One Piece Red in in English subtitles, I'll let your boy let your boy know in the Discord. Um, but it's like a <coughs> bless excuse me, you. it's like the second biggest um, anime release in Japan ever, behind that uh, Mugen Train. Oh, yeah, yeah. Demon Slayer. Um, well, there you go. Uh, Velvet Santa reminding us in the chat that there is a Dragon Ball Fathom event coming yeah, soon. I'm pretty sure gonna, that's this week. It is. I was going to talk about it when we got to the what's coming out this week Well, let's section. jump into it because it's time. Well, then we'll just hit that up. Uh, Dragon Ball Super Superhero is finally being released in the United States this week on the 19th. I'm so stoked. Gohan finally gets to be front and center again. Why, why, oh, why are we fusion? I mean, because that's the only DBZ thing. Uh, we're turning to, to the do. fat one. Oops. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't do it like perfect and match your key, either get like real scrawny or like the big fat version. Well, what's wrong with that? We shouldn't fat shame DBZs. It's 2022. Super heavy Gotenks was really powerful. Gotenks. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but it sounds. That's cool. the fusion version the of fat one of Goten and um, Trunks. I'm Go down. Gotenks. Uh, also coming out this week, not much. There, uh, the only large release that's really hitting theaters this week is uh, we got double double weeks of Idris Elba coming out. Uh, but this week's Idris Elba is Beast, which uh, I'm so tired of seeing the trailer for this. Um, it is, uh, you know, Idris Elba, uh, Charlotte Copley, Ayana Holly. It looked like when I first saw, I saw this, I thought it was going to be like a remake of Ghost in the Darkness, you know, like that, that Val Kilmer movie about the killer lion. Mm. Um, but then it's just like, you know, any movie that starts with like a happy family on a vacation, like in the Sahara, you know, it's not going to. You know, it's not going to be like, ah, it's all fun and games. And then, uh, yeah, there's like a, a lion, but then also poachers. And then and then Idris Elba punches a lion, I guess. <laughs> and uh, that that's always in the trailer, which kind of pulls me out of it. Because, like, you don't punch a lion. You know, a, li- a, a, li- a lion leaping, a punch does not land. Mm. You know? Well, uh, each trailer shows more and more of the fight between the two. And you get to see some damage that the lion takes beforehand and clearly it gets like stabbed and slashed it's like at a, and like a bullfight yeah. um but the the tagline for this film is a father and his two teenage daughters find themselves hunted by a massive rogue lion intent on proving that the savannah has but one apex predator so there you have that uh but then also throw in in poachers i was hoping that maybe like you know idris elba and the lion would like you know have a couple rounds of fisticuffs and be like oh geez but then these poachers are after kind of both of them and then they look at each other and be like you know what these poachers though and then they team up and they like lures the lion to like, <laughs> kill the poachers s- are you saying that the lion's like hurruf, hurruf. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> come he, on put him on he gets some courage like that and, is that uh, yes. what you're saying i certainly hope so is this what happens when the cowardly lion gets too much courage yeah he's just like a raging um um beast that that fist fights 
respects Idris Elba. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't know. This movie just looks very generic. I mean, didn't fall? I did, we didn't get fall here, did we? We talked about it. Got a release date last week, but I don't. Yeah. Did we? I don't know. I was so stoked that we got Lal Singh Chada. So. Yeah, I don't. I. I mean, we got we got bodies, 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 and uh, Lal Singh Chada, and I don't think. Yeah, I don't even know. Um, yeah, I forgot. I forgot that movie happened. Uh, but anyway, Beast coming out this weekend. That's about it. Um, the other stuff you're probably not going to get. Uh, very very small release stuff. So I'm not even going to waste our time with it because we have. Uh, two films to talk about with you tonight. Uh, do you want me to start with... Um, yeah, do yours. Okay, I will start with that one. Um, I saw Day Shift. And Day Shift, of course, the new film uh, with uh, Jamie Foxx, uh, directed by J.J. Perry. Uh, it is starring Jamie Foxx and Dave Franco. Most people are like, oh, yeah, it's Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg, because, you know, trailers. Uh, and S- Snoop Dogg sells movies, which... This movie understood that they were like, we're going to put Snoop Dogg in this for a cumulative eight minutes, nine minutes, and everybody's going to want to see the Snoop Dogg Vampire Killer movie. Um, And it's funny for what that is. This movie, definitely a love letter to vampire slang films. There is a, like direct Lost Boys reference at the end of this movie. There's a they drive by an old abandoned uh, video or movie theater and I, you know, I paused to see what was on the marquee cuz you can always see, you know, little little secret messages and uh, or Lost Boys was one of the secret messages. But, you know, it kind of feels <laughs> a lot like John Carpenter's like vampires and other vampire killing things uh, of that ilk. My my issue with this movie is like most movies that are coming out these days um, they just go straight forward into the action. You know, they, they, they don't, you know, what makes a lot of really good um, action horror and horror thrillers, well, and just horror in general, is some buildup. You look at these classic movies like, let's take Lost Boys or um, uh, uh, the, the one that got remade, uh, um, uh, Fright Night, which is mm. another great vampire slang. See, film. I'll, I'll watch horror movies like Fright Night. Yeah, Fright Night's great. Yeah. Uh, both of them are actually really good. The, the, uh. the, the remake is good. Anton Yelchin carried that movie. Colin Farrell, also a fantastic um, uh, choice for that movie. Um, I think it's good. Blow me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, the first one is really good. Why would you... They're both good. They're both good. Anyway, this movie is trying to borrow from the the the, the um, from that playbook, <clears throat> except for it falls into the problem of wanting to be too much of an action film, and much like what was that movie, uh, Daylight or whatever that Will Smith was in, where he's fighting like ghosts and goblins or whatever, or was it? oh Bright? No, it was Bright. Hmm. Uh, this feels very much like that, like Netflix going, man, we have to have a lot of over-the-top, wild, choreographed scenes of vampire killing, which some of those were really great, you know, where they're using contortionists to do, like, you know, inhuman vampire moves, but it's really a contortionist to doing the stuff in these fight scenes, which is actually kind of fun to watch, and Jamie Foxx is always fun to watch. He's just got a great on-screen presence. Uh, I could have done a, with a lot less of the Dave Franco character. I mean, okay, Okay. For those of you listening to the podcast, every time I say something like that, Jay goes <laughs> and like makes oh, this face. Jamie Fox can be he can be he can be Shanene, but he can also be Academy Award winning, uh, you know, Ray, you know, winning Academy Awards or being Shanene from In Living Color. Like that's what I like about Jamie Fox is he will take whatever if it's if he's having a good time. You know, I respect actors like that that that. You know, uh, we'll, we'll take varied roles. But Dave Franco's character, the joke got a little old. It was the nerdy tag-along from the, from the home office of Vampire Killers. And, you know, he pees his pants and gets real scared. And, you know, spoiler alert, you know, he becomes a vampire at the end of the movie, which is not a f- huge spoiler if you've ever seen any movie of this ilk. There's, like, the friend that becomes a vampire. And you're like, oh, no! But then he's, like, nice vampire for a little while. And, you know, how it goes, it's pretty cut and paste. Um... Velvet says, was it like Night Shift? Uh, which Night Shift? I'm trying to think of this movie. Uh, I'll have to see if the memory banks jar before I can uh, confirm or deny that reference. But I will say, um, for the most part, you know, there's there's uh, Peter Stormare has a cameo. I love Peter Stormare. Um, you know, but the 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 
the movie was fun. It was a fun action vampire killing movie. Um, oh, the Russian night. Yes, uh, and no, it was it was not like that. Um, this was way more tongue in cheek and goofy. Um, this is essentially a comedy with some some dramatic violence. Like the violent parts were the only serious parts about this movie. Um, <clears throat> but all that said, I did not not enjoy it. I thought it was a, a good way to spend an hour and 45 minutes um, watching in very interesting ways to kill vampires. Uh, Velvet Sentence says, like, R.I.P.D., that was a pile of trash. No, I've that was... I've tried to watch that movie more than one time, and I've never been able to get it, through it. It was like Ghostbusters meets Men in Black, but all crap. Like, t- it, it was terrible. Um, and, you know, he... Um, this film, I thought, was 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 acceptable. It followed every buddy cop formula, every vampire killing formula. This movie wasn't trying to do anything new. I think this movie was a love letter to the genre, and in that respect, it succeeded. But I'm probably not going to watch it again. It's not going to be on my Rolodex of like, ooh, I want to watch a, a movie about vampires getting killed. Um, the plot was really thin. You know, the the the, the big bad. You couldn't really figure out what they wanted you know what the what the driving goal was and uh you know jamie fox trying to get trying to get his family you know trying to support his family just a working man slaying vampires trying to you know paycheck to paycheck you know cashing in those fangs you know just trying to make ends meet and uh that's what this movie was about and at at the end of the day it's a movie to watch i'm gonna go very middle of the road if you like this genre you'll be entertained by it if you're not into vampires, if you're not into kind of action comedies, don't bother with this one. But if you are and you want something spooky, check it out. You won't be, I don't think you'll be too disappointed. So um, there you go. Day Shift. It's on Netflix right now. It's only at number 10, uh, whatever that means um, for Netflix in terms of um, how they monetize uh, your your viewing. But they do just by sending laser beams into your eyes or something like that. Um, I don't know, scary stuff. But uh, but yeah, that movie's out there on Netflix. Sandman, also out on Netflix, uh, which I thought wrapped up. Stuck the landing. There was some issues I had with some uh, some parts of Sandman. And uh, I felt like they, 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 they left it in good hands, you know, uh, and a season two on the way. Which should be better than season one because it uses it. it focus, the second part of the, the the graphic novels focus more on the other endless his siblings. I'm looking forward to that. Sandman's a good watch. It's a good introduction to Sandman. I think the audiobooks are better. There you go. Hmm. That's my Netflix. Well, and someone earlier had said they were happy that Sandman stayed away from its DC crossover. So am I. I think, like, trying to have Dr. Destiny in there would have been too much. Trying to have Scarecrow in there would have been too much. They did do Lucifer in the way that the Constantine movie did, like a... uh, 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 the no, I'm getting it wrong. They didn't Lucifer the way that Constantine did the angel. Lucifer was Peter Stormare in yeah, Peter Stormare in the um in Constantine yeah in the uh, yeah. the film because yeah, he takes the bullets out and makes him live. He removes the cancer and and all. And he has those like goopy feet. Yeah, yeah, I love Peter Stormare. I forgot he's so cool. But all uh, he's like, another actor that'll take anything. It was it Tilda Swinton was the was the angel. In this movie? No, in the in Constantine. No, she looks the way that Lucifer was done in the. In yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. All right, never mind. I thought I had something with the DC comics because they're both whatever. They're both Vertigo. No, Sandman. Well, Sandman was Wildstorm. Vertigo when it was comics. I don't know, but it's under the DC umbrella now. Yeah. Well, so. Vertigo and Wildstorm are always DC. It don't matter. But uh, anyway, well, let's uh, let's move on to the second film that we watched. Um, this one is called. Lal Singh Chada. A lot of a lot of people talking about this film because it is uh, essentially a remake of Forrest Gump. Um, this is a, straight up. A, yes, adapted by uh, a guy named Atul Kulkarni. Um, this this film starring um, Amir Amir Khan. Like this this guy taking on this role, which. His performance was very Jackie Chan meets Mr. Bean for me, uh, which at the beginning of the film I thought was a little much. But uh, but yeah, um, you 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 say words. <laughs> it was so it is a 
what the uh, 65% or more shot for shot identical remake of Forrest Gump uh, to the point where they wear similar costumes. Uh, they, you know, have uh, it, it is Forrest Gump. If you just took Forrest Gump, um, pasted it on top of um, like Indian culture and, and let that kind of shine its way through uh, to make little changes here and there. Uh, it's it's exactly that they um, they uh, replace the chocolates with Golgapa and they um, replace Vietnam with uh, the Cargill conflict, you know. And so there's there's different things that they do to make it work. Uh, and the whole time, instead of sitting on a, a park bench waiting for the bus to show up, he's telling the story to everyone on the train, train. making his way. Um, to wherever Bombay or Delhi or whichever it was, he's making his way to Jenny, just like yeah, in the to movie. the yeah. to the Jenny character Rupa, you know. And um, I, I mean, I don't. It's it's hard to explain Forrest Gump when you've when everyone's seen Forrest Gump. Um, I mean, but the, the, they do a, a really good job of adjusting the um, movie to a different culture and making and, and it a still work. Timeline. You know, yeah, because it goes from early 80s, 80s 84 to 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought that was the most impressive part about this movie. You know, I've read some other um, reviews of people that are, you know, fr- from that part of the world and that are a little more divided about how, you know, uh, this movie kind of tiptoed and just made it a lot more wholesome than it could have been, which, you know, the original Forrest Gump showed a lot more of the underbelly of, of you know, the American timeline. But, um, but I mean, all that aside, I'm not as familiar with the uh, India's timeline. And so, you know, I went back and did some Google searching while, you know, uh, in and around watching this movie uh, to see how the timelines actually lined up to, to kind of emulate the Forrest Gump story. And I thought that was kind of impressive. Um, you well, know, where, where <laughs> this guy, this just through happenstance like goes through some major major like life events and time events and kind of comes out on top with a warm heart and uh you know yeah well i think a part of it though is that they made his character a seek uh and he lived through times where there was persecution and violence against them assassinations of the prime ministers and and then a war uh with pakistan and and things like that and it was religious persecution and things like that that i personally didn't know about because i've never read too much about modern indian history but um you know uh, when they got into the conflicts all that everyone's criticisms that didn't get into the darker parts of it enough it it did but it chose to look at the at the happier that it stayed with the with lal singh chada's character on the um more innocent side of it instead of viewing it that way and it was trying to show people are all the same regardless of religion and that's like the lieutenant dan character uh who was on the other side muhammad paji he was a he was a from pakistan and he was kind of like a taliban type character um, and Law Law saved him on the battlefield. Yeah, you know, he, when he went was and rescued him the same the, way that the Bubba equivalent. But that Bala. Lieutenant Dan was was rescued, and that and it helps to explain why that character was so mad at him. You know, because uh, they took Lieutenant Dan's story of all of his ancestors dying on the battlefield and made that applied it to uh, Law's yeah, character, Law. and Forest. that's yeah. So that's why he would join the military because instead of just getting drafted, get, yeah, get ending up in it. It had to give a reason why he, this innocent person that saw the uh, good side of life uh, and had nothing but care in him, would join a military and be sent off to war. And it was because it was expected of him because that's what his family had done for generations and generations. So, yeah, they kind of they kind of weaved it into a, an interesting little tapestry. And, you know, and, 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 and the one takeaway from this is an idiot. In any iteration, form, or fashion, Jenny sucks. That's true. And yeah. uh, Jenny is just a straight bitch. And, like, <laughs> unlikable. Like, wh- you just want to be, why, Forrest? Why? You know, why are you so hung up on this this girl? But, you know, I mean, that's how it goes. And... Um, it's, uh, you know, Velvet Sinus says, one trope I've noticed in Indian films is the evil rich guy. Well, there was evil rich guys in, in, in Forrest Gump as mm-hmm. well, you know? I mean, um, it's, uh, I mean, well, how, that, I think that's just a trope everywhere. It's, you know, well, in this one, for Ginny, instead of, 
you know, make me a bird so I can fly far, far away from here. Her just trying to get away from everything and escape. Make me rich. Escape reality. That's what she wanted. Money is because she essentially witnessed her father beat her mother to death uh, over a dollar. Yeah. uh, Ten rupees, which is insane. And so she's like, I wish I could be rich. And that was her whole thing is she wished she could be rich instead of like a bird flying. It was like she would see a a jet. see a plane. Yeah. And, you know, and that was like the symbolism of, yeah, being like a jet setter or whatever. And the whole thing was she wanted to be rich and she did whatever she could to get it. So, I mean, tweaks like that to make it more... uh, modern and things like that too actually really work in it the way they they did it really work now some of your favorite scenes probably aren't going to be in it you yeah know? him stepping in poop and wiping his face and making the smiley face shirt yeah he like, doesn't make the shit happens bumper showing sticker but to the you know the, the he offers to show it to one person yeah. though but he doesn't like show his butt to the president or tell you have to pee because he drank too much mango lassi I made <laughs> yeah. a joke it's like I had 17 mango lassies yeah um, but yeah there was I mean obviously like some of those things probably aren't going to translate, but uh, but there was there was jokes that were you know special to this character, and He's, he still had the uh, breaking up the Black Panther party, <laughs> yeah, type thing, yeah. Sorry about your you know uh, Bollywood, Bollywood producer, producer party, party. yeah. Uh, uh, straight beat the living shit out of that dude. The only thing I didn't like that it didn't have was. Uh, when he gave his speech at the Washington Memorial, you know, and they yanked all the stuff out. Like, that part wasn't there. I wanted to see how they handled that, where the dude in the American flag is like, you said it all, man. And, like, no one got to hear anything he said. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but this movie was was cute. It was warm. It was three hours long. It, it was, didn't it, feel like it, three hours. And, 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 and here's probably the highest praise you'll get from me for something like this. Bollywood movies are long and exhausting for me. This didn't feel like three hours. And we didn't even get a full intermission. Like, I know that... Uh, yeah, Velvet it said Santa, intermission, and both of us started to get up to go pee. And it was just like, nope. Because we were like, Forrest, I gotta pee. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I probably drank about 13 Coke Zeros. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was... It was a long movie but but then they just jumped right into it and by the end it, it did not feel that long and um you know i think that it that, that they did good, a, a good enough job translating this with where it didn't feel as stupid as i thought it was gonna be like looking at this i was going into this theater going oh my gosh is this gonna be like turkish star wars and uh no it wasn't this movie actually had some some heart, and uh, you know, it made me want to try Golgapa, but just not share with anyone because everybody gets like wet spice water all over their hands and like, and it's like dripping everywhere. And that, I mean, that that was that was was kind of triggering for me watching all that just sloppy hand juice drip into that well and they have that in the scene where he's just dripping it and he reaches to shake a hand and she's like she's like no but you know life his mama always said life is like a box of golgapa your tummy is full but your heart craves more yeah uh vince asked about a specific scene that one's not the movie they took out the the, uh, more of the racy things and stuff like that too yeah, it was, it uh, was very, very it, wholesome. It, it works, but that's because this movie takes place, you know, in more modern times rather than ending there. Like, this movie begins where Forrest Gump ends, ends. basically. Yeah, in, like, that same time frame. Um, so, you know, they they definitely try and uh, keep it with the times instead of it being Summer of Love There was no, stuff. hey, hey, yeah. hey, that was not there. Yeah. I, we were waiting for it. We thought it was going to be there, but it was it was not. Um, but anyway, yeah, there you go. Wow, and Velvet Santa giving high praise there too, make it saying it's pants worthy. Yeah, well, yeah, which is which is rare praise for old Velvet Santa on on Twitch. Um, oh, and one thing that I really liked is uh, in in this instead of him teaching Elvis how to dance like Forrest did. Oh, this was actually a really good scene. Uh, he was dancing with with his cousin who was hanging out with all these guys, and they were making fun of him except for one person, Shah Rukh Khan. And he's like, "Show me that move!" And then he like copies the move that Lol is doing, and then yeah, it the just Shah Rukh Khan move. Yeah, and then it hits the montage of Shah Rukh Khan movies, and it was like and just doing the move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that that was that was pretty cool how they were able to tie that in together. But uh, some of the CG in this is is real awful, by the way. But some of the th- like the de aging on Shah Rukh Khan, uh, them putting him into like uh, the Indian government and getting his awards and things like that, they looked 
pr- pretty good. But then, like, when he was running away, it was like your tip was just <laughs> like cheap. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but anyway, yeah, it's it's not bad. It's it's if you like if you enjoy Forrest Gump, you'll enjoy this movie. Or if you've never watched Forrest Gump. You'll or, still enjoy this movie. Yeah. yeah. Or if you don't like Forrest Gump because you're heartless and something's wrong with you because it's really like the best movie that's ever been made ever because it makes you feel all the feels. Dude, Forrest Gump is so good. No, um, it's okay. It's so good. Uh, dude, it has Gary Sneeze and it has Sally Field. and It does have all those people. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Super good movie. Anyhow, watch this. Maybe you'll like it better than Forrest Gump because they do change enough of it that it's it's different, but there's... A lot of it there that's exactly the same, including like a one-hour intro with the feather. Yeah, that feather goes hard. Like that feather gets around a lot more than the American feather does. But um, and no, no dancing numbers, which I was surprised. They did have some song numbers, but none of the characters were singing. Uh, so you know, to to a lot of Bollywood films, you know, there's usually song and dance numbers, but. <laughs> Not, not in this one. So. Uh, Velvet Santa said we're going to get a uh, Forrest Gump multiverse movie. Oh, well, we've already got one. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, There's going to be a crossover. And Vince points out a, a fun little Easter egg cookie tidbit about Forrest Gump, which is that Kurt Russell did the voice of Elvis in that scene. Uh, uncredited. It's not. Yeah, it's not credited. And that's, that's because cool. he did that movie where he was the Elvis impersonator. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, okay. Well, uh, Lal Singh Chada playing in some theaters near you. Maybe it's actually in 516 theaters in the country, so you might actually have it somewhere near you. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and shift over in our last few minutes to the box office roundup. It's the last segment of the show where we tell you what's going on in the top 10 uh, in theaters in America, a domestic totals only, um, you know, because that's how we measure. Uh, sequels and green lights. You know, Nope did just get an international opening this week, and everybody's excited about it. But it's not doing very good. It's only got only made six point four million in the international market this week. So, you know, that's kind of why we focus only on the domestic market because that's what the money guys look at here in the studio. So, I'm gonna turn it over to Jake. We're gonna start with number ten, and let's do it. Hold on, I actually want to go down on just a little bit because there's All a couple the of fun movies. things. Yeah. So, uh, actually, ET was re-released and it opened at number 14 so who who would have known it's only in it, 389 theaters it averaged more uh per theater than the number two movie in america well how about that uh and then the movie we just reviewed lal singh chada came out uh at number 12 in the u.s in only 516 theaters and it it was averaged higher than that one so it yeah if the, if the average per theater was stretched out to how many theaters the number two movie were, was in, it'd be the number two movie. And you pointed out earlier we were the only two people in theater. We did go to the last show on Sunday that this was true. ending late in the evening. But if you'll bring it back down so I can see number 10. Oh, boom yeah, up. sorry. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so opening at number 10, uh, Fall. Not a good place to open. Uh only in 1,500 theaters. Yeah, so no wonder it's something that not everyone's going to get to see. It brought in $2.5 million in its first week. We'll see where it goes from there. Uh, my guess is that it will continue to fall uh, down the list there. Uh, sorry. Number nine, maintaining its number nine spot uh, in its eighth week of release, uh, Elvis bringing in $2.5 million. So funny that we're talking about Elvis in Forrest Gump. Still and in the top ten. Number eight, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And it's official second week of release, but I think this is its first wide release Yeah, it was only in like eight theaters Mm -hmm. last week. Uh, It brought in three and a quarter million dollars. It's a new one from A24. I I wanted to see that this week. I might try and catch, or last week, I might try and catch it this week. Yeah, it's also uh, only in about 1,300 theaters. Mm -hmm. Still pretty limited. Yeah, not bad uh, for it with considering how little it's out hey, there pete davidson man yeah people like to see him uh number seven in its fifth week of release maintaining its number seven spot where the crawdads sing which i had someone today tell me they watched it over the weekend and that they actually really liked it thought it was a good movie Have to bookmark it uh, brought in four million uh, bringing its total up to 72 million dollars how about that uh and then 
Number six, dropping down one spot in its seventh week of release. Uh, one of the longest on all these we're talking about, Minions. Rise of Gru brought Making another money. $5 million. So its domestic total is $343 million at the box office. Uh, no wonder Universal is standing tall, sitting on top. Making uh, money. And another reason, just to add to their coffers here, uh, at the number five spot in its fourth week of release, Nope, with a little over $5 million, $5.36 million bringing its total to $107. Uh, so just helping boost that Universal uh, stock there. Just mo defeating, money, mo defeating money, mo Disney. Money. Uh, but Disney is sneaking in here at number four, holding its number four spot in its sixth week of release. Thor, Love and Thunder, uh, bringing in just barely more money than Nope at 5.377, uh, with its domestic total at 325, uh, which is 20 million shy of what Minions has brought in. Uh, so just going back, that's no wonder Universal is sitting on top because. Uh, Marvel's big money maker is under minions. It's under minions. Yeah. Uh, and then number three, the rival of Marvel uh, coming in, staying up there in its third week of release. DC League of Super Pets, starring Black Adam himself. Uh, Seven million at the box office this weekend, bringing its domestic total to 58 over that three week period. So, uh, not terrible, but it's probably not what they were hoping yeah, for. It's doing its thing. Uh, I think Minions being out there is still hurting them, and now kids... I mean, the fact that it got dropped from over 550 theaters this last week, only in its third week, is not a good sign for this movie. But kids are going back to school, and it's one of those things where people are getting them ready for school, getting their bedtime set again, and now they're going to be back but, in school, so it's hard to go make a kid's movie But work. what's weird is the number two movie got put in 421 a new theaters. Because they added new stuff to it. Coming in, number two, jumping up from the sixth spot, returning uh, Maverick. Just kicking ass. Brought in $7 million. Yeah. Just like in the movie, they go, they dip in, and then they just pull up real yeah. hard. So they... They just fly in, they drop that bomb, and then they come flying back up. Kick-ass. Maverick, in its 12th week of release, $673 million in the U.S. alone. That movie is super rad, dude. I'm stoked that, it, that it's doing so well. Uh, honestly, I think it's super cool. Because you were like, oh, Top Gun's going to be a disappointment because you just really want it so bad. And it wasn't. And it's good. And it's kicking ass. I did ass. not expect it to make this kind of money. I am dumbfounded, quite honestly. <laughs> it's uh, awesome, man. It's badass. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise killing it. And then uh, number one, maintaining its number one spot in its second week of release. Movie that we reviewed... What, last week? Yep. Yeah. Bullet Train brought in another $13.4 million, bringing its domestic total right now up to $54.5 million. Not too bad, Bullet Train. If you want to check out a review for that, you can uh, watch our replay, download last week's episode, or you can watch the stream, I believe, YouTube wow, and you just Twitch. It, Twitch will hold our like last two week streams, but YouTube keeps a pretty good archive of all of our uh, live videos, so you can check those out there. So, uh, yeah, there you go. There's your top ten, and that's it, man. I think that's. I think we've wrapped it up. We're we're done. We're going to go see, I'm going to go see Bodies, 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 maybe. Mm. Um, and, yeah, we'll be back next week like we always are, talking about movies, doing the thing, telling you what's coming out. So don't forget to like and subscribe and share the show. Tell your friends. Uh, join our Discord. Uh, it's it's over there. Uh, Vince is like, you got to keep watching. you got to watch Severance. And I know I've got to. I just don't have the thing to connect my computer. I just got to do it. I got I to gotta bridge the technology. Um because I'm, I'm, I don't like watching things on small screens. Like I don't, I, I refuse to watch any media on my cell phone or a tablet or a laptop. I will not do it. I have to be sitting in front of a, a calibrated correctly, no motion blur, no s smooth filtering television set with proper audio. Um, but I've got it. I will. I will watch it. I promise. Some tablets aren't bad at watching. Nope. Some nope. They have shit audio. 
and I'm not going to wear headphones. Dude, I'll 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 let you check out my tablet sometime, dog. It has does it have a subwoofer, audio. a detached subwoofer? No, it has four speakers. They're like this big, dude. I could I, plug in. I could hook up a sub. Okay, hook up a sub to your tablet, and then we'll talk. Or, uh, well, actually, all I have to do is. When I'm at home, I can connect it to my surround sound because it's all Samsung. Well, I just... It's just effortless. I need, a, I need a calibrated television. But if I'm at home, I have a way better, bigger 4K plus TV, so... Yeah, I've got an 80-inch with stereo surround subwoofer. Like, let's do this thing, and it's calibrated correctly. If I come over to somebody's house and I see that motion blur and Oh, filtering. it makes me sick. Yeah. God, I'm just like, I'm just like, uh, hey, I think your neighbor needed something. Go over there and check it out. And then I'm like, and fixing their settings. There's so many times where people will be watching it with motion blur. I'm like, can I fix this? And like, yeah. They're like, what's Why do you need to? And then you do it and you're like, do you see how much better it is? And they'll go, well, what did you change? Yeah. And it's like, how do you not, how do you not see that? Ugh. Ugh. Vince says, "In this house, we disable motion blur. Yes, yes, you should. And it makes it makes movies that are not filmed in high definition look like garbage. And it makes movies that are filmed in definition look like garbage. Well, and the whole um, point of it is for watching sports on television. Yeah, yeah just uh, movies yeah. are better. And yes, agreed. Anyway, that's it. That's the show. Thanks for tuning in. We will be back next next week, Monday night, eight o'clock Central Standard Time, as we always are. And as always, I am." Your host, Bo, the Boom Operator. I'm Slick Doggy the Grip. And we will see you guys next week. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.